Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Five Tool Podcast. This is episode 79. Yes, we're up to 79 of these. Thanks to you guys tuning in and, and listening and uh, and giving us some feedback that you're enjoying the product. So uh, we'll be hitting the 100 mark here before we know it. But uh, episode 79, Drew, let's start it off. Deck charts, thoughts? Well, um, <laughs> I doesn't bother me. I can I see several reasons that you do it. Um, and then I see, I mean, I imagine that it ends up happening at some point. I think there's some reasons to not do it early in the season. So are you putting uh, tinfoil hat on? Do you have some some deep level conspiracy theories as to why the Texas Longhorns and Steve Sarkeesian did not release a depth chart? Well, I, I mean, I, I can, like I said, I could see some reasons. Um, one is, you know, the prevalence of the portal um, and having i don't think you want to go into the season with unnecessary drama right and people get caught up in that um you're gonna have people back home that see it reaching out saying hey uh you know i saw that you're not starting what's the deal um and a lot of times those kids have had the conversations with the coaches and they understand but just that constant you know chatter about it can get in your head and you know, you know that that these teams now that have these big personnel departments are scouring these depth charts and they're going to attack them. I just and, you know, again, it'll play itself out um, and eventually this stuff will, you know, be seen on the field. So you can't really hide it. But, you know, I just think it, it might be a possible way to avoid some drama this early in the season and um, go from there. That's that's really realistically probably what I think it is. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, I, and it sounds like they have some young guys that are going to play a lot and, you know, it may be protecting the ego of some of the older guys who may, you know, be quote unquote starting, um, uh, but maybe not necessarily getting the, the, uh, majority of the snaps. And this is another way to just kind of avoid some of that for a little bit longer and go into things on a positive note. And, you know, I mean, they do have a big game in two weeks. Um, and, <laughs> It, how, yeah. how much how much does it bother you how much airtime and look we'll get into the baseball stuff soon but we as two guys that were like basically our lives were either covering or being a part of the longhorns um <laughs> it's been fascinating to watch how much discussion and coverage the Everything. lack of a depth chart has Everything. received like John McClain, who covered the Texans for a long time, I think he retired recently. I want to say, or maybe he's still uh, covering the Texans. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a Texans fan. Yeah. Um, he was extremely upset. Oh, Daryl Royal would never not have a depth chart. Uh, like, like, I, how much does it? How much does it irk you that it's just received so much attention? Like, I'm looking on Twitter, like. People are still writing columns about whether or not the Longhorns having a depth chart matters. And if you're owed a depth chart and, and what does it mean? Like <laughs> it, It's comical. It's the, it's the, it's the good and the bad of uh, being in Texas. You know, I mean, if, if you're not afraid of the spotlight and you know, you know that you're going to be a lightning rod for all things good and bad, like it's, it just comes with the territory mm-hmm. and if you don't, if you're not cut out for that, I would I would advise going elsewhere because it just it 
it just you can't escape it. You just can't. I mean, it's yeah. it's real simple. I mean, you look at some of the stuff, you know, Quinn Ewers is a lightning rod on his own by right. it, for a number of reasons. But if you want the attention and you want the likes and you want the um and, it, and that's clout. not fair to Quinn. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Quinn necessarily seeks a lot of that out. I think he's from all accounts is kind of a private kid and doesn't love the spotlight. But I mean, if you're going to be a big time NFL quarterback, you know, it just comes with it. Right. But go go look at go look at the amount of discussion and the likes, retweets, quote tweets generated when anything about the the Texas quarterback is announced or the jet depth chart doesn't come out versus a lot of other, you know, quote unquote, similar level schools that do the same stuff. And there's just nothing, no buzz yeah. about it. Um, but, you know, it's just it's part of it. And if you don't want to if you don't like it and don't want to be a part of it, then I would advise not going there. But um, Sark should have some fun with this, like release a depth chart. That's just like all time Longhorns, you know, like, <laughs> like just, just like classic names and Jim put it well, in there. I think, you you know, know, put, I mean, put I, Ricky at running back and, you know, Roy Williams at receiver and, and Vince at quarterback and, you know, and then throw some wrinkles in there. Like you position change a few guys just to kind of keep people on their toes. I wonder what, like he's, he's definitely had his, you know, oh, I'm at Texas moment. It, I mean, it happened yeah. probably last year, probably happened to Kansas game. Um, yeah. But I wonder what he thinks, like, oh my gosh, like the fact that we don't have a depth chart set the internet on fire for, uh, we're, we're entering the 24 hour cycle. It's still got some life as, as we turn it over. Um, yeah. It's I, just, I, I had to, I had to start there because I know how much, how much we discussion. Need, we just need to, we need the season to start. I mean, it's just we're still we do, in, but in silly we season. Don't, if we get to halftime and it's like 17-7, we don't need the season to start. You know, <laughs> no, the, hey, you, you know, don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah, no, I oh God. I know, I know. It's uh I was thinking my lucky stars that I didn't have to to uh, to log on to uh to the internet um in certain channels uh recently. So but anyway, um this is kind of a transition period for for us, for for high school baseball, for college baseball, um, you know, getting into when the summer ends and winds down, you start getting into the fall. So um, we're going to kind of have a train, for lack of a better word, transition type podcast today just to, you know, discuss a few topics, um, you know, what's kind of next for us, for Five Tool, um, kind of looking at some recruiting timelines. I know parents and players, uh, that's really on the front of their minds right now is the recruiting process and, you know, just kind of speaking to generally um, what you should re- expect from a timeline standpoint is a 2023, 2024, and 2025. Um, to kind of go through some things that we learned from all the big events that we covered uh, this summer, then wrap it up uh, with some of the latest commitments. Commitment season continues. Uh, there's been a lot of commitments um, across all levels, but really starting to see a lot of those 2024s, uh, obviously the 2023s, and even getting into, crazy enough, some 2026s um, as well on the commitment side. But um, you know, what's next for us? Uh, let's start with rankings. You know, I, that's something that we're going to spend a lot of time doing um, over the next few weeks. Um, I know you and I are um, going to have our, our rankings calls um, to go through the 2023 list, which will be updated for the first time in a long time. It's been long overdue, but it just didn't make sense to do it before the Mattingly, before area code. And we found out we're going to do that. Um, we got a, a lot of really, really valuable um, evaluation looks and, and that sort of stuff during those events. 
Um, so that'll be the first one that comes out as an update of that 2023 list, which is over a year old. Um, and then we'll get into our first 2024 list as well, coming off of Area Code, uh, things like the Pudge World uh, World Classing, those sorts of things as well. I definitely feel like we have a much, much better feel of the next class compared to this time last year. Where we we're just like kind of getting used to the whole transition. But um, when I say the 2023 rankings update, are there a couple of players to you that, um, you know, whether they're established guys that you're like, yeah, I feel really good that we've got them in a good spot going to go to bat for that kind of guy or are there some, some maybe some new names that you're like man yeah we got to look at this guy this summer and um really liked him um he's definitely going to be a part of the rankings process yeah well i mean one that we've talked about at length um for us is aiden howard mm-hmm. i mean he's gonna skyrocket up um you know just from his performance the way he did all summer the way he t- continues to get better and just the the type of prospect he is um you know, he, he's a guy that, that comes to mind for sure. Uh, Ethan Mendoza yeah. um, is another guy that just performance. I mean, you can't, you can't keep him where he is. I mean, he's going to, he's going to go way up. Um, he had a great summer um, performed against really good competition and, you know, he belongs up there. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, off the top of my, my, off the top of my mind, those are two main guys uh, from the Dallas area that we can expect to make some big time jumps. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree hundred percent on both of those guys, you know, Ethan Mendoza falling uh, a terrific high school season too. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, that pitching rotation uh, with Proch and Herring was, was the talk of, uh, of the team, but at, by the end of the season, you know, I was having people tell me, Hey man, Ethan Mendoza was the best player on the field for, for South Lake Carroll in the playoffs. Um, he had a fantastic high school season, carried that into just as good of a summer um, where he hit everywhere. He hit at area code, he hit at the Mattingly, he went to Connie Mack and hit there. I mean, the guys, the guys that hit her and obviously Aiden Howard, uh, super exciting upside. Um, along those lines too, for me, Gavin Jones, left-handed pitcher from White Oak, um, kind of burst onto the scene in the Connie Mack qualifier at five tool, really strong performance. I think he struck out something like seven guys in two and two thirds, which is, is ridiculous. Uh, followed that up with with really good area code tryouts, made area code, went out to area code and was outstanding, really put himself yeah. on the map as a left-handed pitcher that that scouts are definitely going to have to keep track of um, in the DFW area. So he's going to be a guy that uh, that's going to be making a jump up there as well. Um, and then, uh, you know, Zane Adams um, on the list the first time around. But man, what a summer that guy had. You could put Jack Bell in this group as well. Um, two guys that we are excited about heading into the summer. Um, heard a lot about those guys during the high school season. Uh, was actually going to go see Zane during the high school season, then he hurt his ankle. Uh, but got to see him a couple times during the summer, and it's just been the arrow just keeps pointing up for him as, as one of the better left-handed pitching prospects um, in the state. And then Jack Bell, just the way he finished. He had a really good Mattingly. Um, I thought he was even better at area code. Just, you know, the cut down the swing and miss. Um, the bat stood out. The glove stood out. Um, yeah. The way he thinks the game stood out. Um, that's a guy that that's that's gonna be definitely going to be making a move up the list as well. But um, this list will change a lot. You know, you, you start kind of looking at a lot of names that we weren't necessarily unfamiliar with, but just hadn't seen yet. Um, you know, getting a look at a guy like Easton Toomey's. Um, got to see him at the TSA Prospects All-Star game. Like he's he's a definite guy. Um, you know, getting another look at a guy like JJ Kinnett, who was 
outstanding at the Mattingly and had a really, really good high school season for Ridgepoint, taking those guys to the uh, deep, deep into the state playoffs. Um, you know, a guy like uh, Steven, the water moccasin. Yeah. Sepulveda. Um, to Baylor. Um, Sepulveda, excuse me. Uh, is he re- he's not related to the punter, but didn't Baylor have the punter way back in the day? Yeah, that was like an all American punter, and I think the yeah. Steelers drafted him. Um, oh, okay, yeah, uh, but but had uh, to work but, that in there, yeah, yeah, had to work that. I got my Steelers shirt on today, as you can see. Um, but he was just you know, his stuff at the Mattingly was just you know, one of the best, maybe the best slider that we saw, um, all summer. So, um, you know, a guy like Mac Rose had a strong summer. I mean, there's 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 going to be a lot of movement on this list because it's it's over a year old and we've just gotten so many looks um, at, at more players and gathering more information. And, you know, over the course of a year, a lot of things change, you know, physically guys change, um, skill improves, stuff on the mound improves, velocity ticks up, maybe the power plays a little bit more. Um, but it's, it's going to be fun to go through there and talk through a bunch of guys. It's going to be tough. I'm already thinking through, you know, kind of that back in 15. Uh, there's a lot of of guys that are going to have a really strong case. You know, we did a guy like seeing Alex Solis for the first time, you know, seeing him out of the area code after seeing him at, at TSA, um, you know, the summer he had as well. Um, so it's it's going to be fun to go through there. Um, and then the real the the real project will be when we have to do the 24 list because um, it's not we're going to be going off less information because we just simply haven't seen that class as much as we've seen that 2023 class but um are there any guys or or what are your thoughts when you think of um you know our first 2024 list I, i know that um unfortunately injuries have kind of been a part of that process but we did get some some good good updates you know kind of texting around and asking about some guys um, sounds like Casey Evans was, was just resting. Nothing serious at the end of the summer there. Um, I got a really good update on Theo Gillen from Westlake yesterday from his coach, JT Blair. Sounds like he's, he's almost full go. Um, sounds like he's grown. Sounds like he's gotten stronger. Sounds like he's gotten faster. Um, so really excited to see him potentially pretty soon there, but you know, what are, what are some thoughts about that 2024 group when it comes time to rank those guys? Well, I think to me going through the list, uh, assuming health for a, a couple of guys, I think there's a pretty clear without going giving away our our rankings. I think there's a pretty clear cut top seven or so. Yeah. Um. And 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 of that seven, I think there can be a lot of you know you could convince me that seven could be one or two or right. two could be six or seven. There's not much distinguishing those uh, or separating at this point, but there, you know, after that seven, I think, you know, without, without looking at the list too closely and the work that we've already done on it, I think that, that to me, that's a pretty clear cut group based on what we've seen, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and last year, like we talked about with the movement that we'll see from the 23 class, It'll be interesting to see now uh, once we do the 24s, knowing that there's going to be a lot of movement between now and this time next year. But we have had the luxury of seeing a lot more of those 24s in person um, versus last year. So I think that's going to be interesting to me. Um, Some really exciting guys. And, you know, like you said, there's just, you know, the going from 23, um, 
at this time last year to now there you mentioned it there's a lot of movement and there's a lot of development yeah. that takes place and a lot I of mean, it, we didn't even really know who aiden howard was you know might have known the yeah, name I mean, but like i saw i mean yeah when we did the you list saw him really early I, in the I, high school season mm-hmm. yeah i saw him in a scrimmage and you know i was like man oh okay yeah uh this will be, yeah. be fun um yeah. but yeah there, there's just so much change and you know a lot of it just simply is their bodies changing right growing and just kind of or, or if they've grown and they haven't caught up to themselves or caught up to their own bodies early enough um you know it just but they haven't done it and yeah. time is the only thing that they needed so um it'll it'll be interesting to look back at this list this time next year and to see how much that has changed but you know it, it's inevitable it's going to change and you know i think that's why we've tried to to this point at least stick to these two age groups is just knowing that you know th- these guys are as close to graduating as they're going to get and it's still mm-hmm. so much change so oh yeah you know, i mean there there's not the the necessity or or the you know the probable you know there, there's just for us at, to this point there hasn't been a, a need or a, an urge to to rank anyone lower because of that right um and it's you know it, it's fun to you know we we've got names collected and we have some ideas on some guys but we know that that'll change even more dramatically than the ones that we've done so far so yeah um but yeah going back to the 24 list um it'll be interesting to see once we really kind of start to finalize that first crack at it you know what the positional breakdowns are um what the geographical breakdowns are just to kind of see because those things just go in waves you know some years some classes are loaded at one position and don't have a lot at another one so it'll be it'll be fun to break that down once we get to it and um go from there yeah the the exciting thing about the 24 list is i'm kind of looking at just you know i i spent a lot of time yesterday just basically adding names and just kind of thinking through tiers and and things like that the exciting thing is like we've seen so many of these guys which is which is great you know like like we were kind of flying blind last year because we, you know, we started with five till in July and kind of this whole process and you're playing a lot of catch up. And, and by the end we had seen like the entire 22 list. And by the end, now we've seen so much of the 23 list and and we've seen some of these 24 guys beyond that top seven. Is there a guy that like, you just feel like, or maybe there's multiple guys that you feel really strongly about like, yeah, this is a guy that, I'm I'm super excited um, about about his about his prospect status about the kind of player it is because I I've got a couple of, for me one of them is Isaiah Castaneda from Pearlands um, yeah playing for the 12 team in the summer and I saw him down at you know 12 had a couple of scout days um, bounced over to to Katie when I was down at, at our five tool Houston regional to kick off the summer which seems like forever ago yeah <laughs> um, but. Uh, a guy that they were excited about, but like, yeah, man, we just, you know, we want to see how good he is. We haven't seen him a ton. Um, and he just has performed all summer. He was outstanding um, at the pudge, could play in the outfield, could play in the infield. He got on the mound mm-hmm. and looked really interesting on the mound. And not only does he have tools and athletic athleticism and projection physically, but he could play the game like he he played the game. You know, he could get out there. He'll, he'll take an extra base. He'll he'll hit a cutoff man. He's got some skill defensively. So um, super excited about him. Um, and that's a guy I feel really, really 
um, really strongly about. And uh, probably another one too is um, probably not going to call too many names before Austin Phillips, you know, after yeah. seeing him in area code, um, you know, just the way the game kind of slowed down for him in a setting where it can really speed up on some guys and um, really caught my attention with what he did defensively. Um, I, I knew that he was probably going to hit or at least show some, some hitting tools, but uh, he hit, uh, he timed fastballs and, and showed some extra base power, some gap to gap juice, and he's going to grow into some more power. But you know what he did on the dirt and the way that the, it kind of came naturally to him defensively um, stood out to me. I'm not going to steal one of your guys. I've got a feeling that you've got one guy that you're going to mention. I'm not going to take him from you. Well, I'm going to go with Nathan Tobin. Yeah, that's um, exactly what I was thinking of. Well, you know, we had him back in January at our uh, one of our academic showcases, and he was, you know, we didn't get to get out on the field because the weather was bad, but we did some timing stuff. He hid in the cage, and you could just tell that. I mean that that he's an athlete. Yeah. Um. And and everything looked right. We just didn't get to see it live for ourselves. But I was really excited by him, the way he performed this summer. You know, making the area code team, then going out there and really just, you know, more than holding his own. Um. He looked. He didn't get sped up. You know, which is something that we really look for. Um. He took good at bats. He didn't try to do too much. Um, he's got electric speed. He's got sneaky pop. Um, I, he's a guy to me that's going to be a really, really good college player. Mm -hmm. And he profiles in a number of different schools that I can think of, you know, without giving too much away. But there's some guys uh, that he reminds me of at that next level that just go on to be really, really good college players. And he's physical. I don't think people understand you know, he's got that combo of strength and speed um, that has a chance to really produce early uh, at a major D1 level. Um, but he was a guy that just, you know, I was I was proud of him. I was excited to see him do what 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 we thought he could um, and showed everyone how how much he belonged at that level. So uh, he he's the one for me, I think, that uh, just, you know, gave himself a chance to be considered among some of the best in the state by his performances. I mean, he put the bat on the ball over and over and over again. Like that's yeah. that in, 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 in that area code setting, like if you can do that repeatedly yeah, against that kind of, because some of those 24 arms that we saw and even 25 at the underclass yeah. stuff, I mean, if you didn't know who they were, you'd think that they could have been in the upper class. Sure. Um, and just no the way he accelerates, like he had that one play where he tried to take an extra bag and how quickly he got to top speed. Yeah. I mean, we had him 409 down the line. Like we're talking probably plus plus speed. And I, I, I think that he's, he's got a real, real chance to hit as well. Um, yeah. Super, super exciting guy. Is there anyone else that you're kind of, um, we're we're probably aligned on a lot of these guys. I'm thinking of another one that you might might soon mention, but um is there anyone else that you're like, yeah, this is I'm 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 backing this guy as, as a dude in this class. Um we'll we'll touch on him when we get to the to the commitment segment if we're thinking of the same guy. No, we're not, because my guy's uncommitted. Oh. My guy then... is, is is uncommitted. Spoil away then. Dante Lewis. 
Oh yeah. Like, yeah. By the time he left area code, it was like, I was like, this guy really hit. And it was a simple approach really utilized, you know, his, just kind of his natural athleticism, his hand strength, his hand quickness, started timing pitches, started flying around the bases. Um, I, you know, being a multi-sport guy like he is, he's a standout quarterback. He's at St. Thomas now. I think he scored like six touchdowns the first game of the year, dual threat quarterback. Um, but we know it with those guys. A lot of times their baseball skill starts to really accelerate as, as time goes on because they're not, they're not the single sport specialized guy that just has the ton of reps that some of these other guys play. Not that he didn't, he played in a ton in the summer. Um, he was on that really, really good Marucci team. So, I mean, he plays high school ball. Like I'm not saying he doesn't have the reps, but like those multi-sport guys, oftentimes, like you start to see them make big jumps in their skill because they just start to kind of get more reps and, and switching back and forth from multi-sport thing and things like that. But um, I was, I was really impressed with, with the way he finished up there. Um, you know, just the way he hit, it's the kind of, it's the kind of profile that you really want to bet on moving forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I think the defensive ability, he's a middle of the diamond player to me. It's just a matter of where he ends up, but I think that that's, that's going to improve, um, over time and, and uh, just a really, really exciting prospect, um, you know, but it's it's fun. Like I'm looking at so many of these names. We've seen so many of these guys in person already, which is which is great. Um, it's it's great for I mean, I feel like I'm already so familiar with some of these guys like, um, you know, like an AJ DiPaolo and, and, a, and a Braden Bergman and an Andrew Ramos. And, um, you know, it's it's a Nolan Traeger I've seen multiple times. It's 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 Jake Neely saw multiple times. So it's good already having that sort of. Um, that sort of base layer understanding, but um, that's what's next for us from kind of a ranking standpoint. And then we have a bunch of fall events, um, five tool fall events. Um, you know, some of those wood bat world series stuff. Um, you know, I had some, I, some of my favorite performances were back last fall. I mean, to me, that's when Jarrett Curtis really took off as a prospect. Yep. Um, he had a really, really strong um, uh, five tool world series with the wood bat hit an absolute bomb. Um, to wrap up his fall and then the scout team stuff, you know, that's something that you and I really look forward to. Um, the Blue Jays scout team being the, the kind of the North Texas guys, the Dodgers scout team being the South Texas guys, but it's a great opportunity to see some of the best high school players in the state go up against some, some really good junior college programs. Um, but that's, that's a lot of the stuff we'll be doing in the fall. Um, you know, Arizona Fall Classic, you know, I get to go get yep. my feet wet out there for the first yeah. time. It's something we're really, really looking forward to. Um, you know, on the academic side, I think we're super excited about those rosters that we're building. Um, some some really talented players um, that fortunately for us have great grades. And fortunately for those, uh, all of those programs that are going to be out of Arizona evaluating, it's going to be a great opportunity for those colleges to really get a good look at those guys. But um, you know, what's on your mind about the fall and, and some of the stuff that's upcoming for us? Well, again, yeah, like you mentioned, really excited about the Arizona Fall Classic again. Um, you know, we've had a year now to kind of know what we are looking for um, as we put the teams together. And this year, like you said, we have we'll have two junior teams and a senior team. Um, and you'll be you'll be getting to coach one of those and I'll be coaching one of those along with Ryan Brewer on the on the junior side. 
Um, Full uniform for coaches. Uh, I've confirmed with Coach Brewer. Okay, well, then I guess I'll be managing and not coaching. (laughs) Um, But because that's never happening. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, no, it's a fun event. Um, team, team is taking shape, uh, you know, couple, couple spots away on each team, uh, to fill, but, uh, that's such a fun event. Um, I'm excited to watch some of these guys that we know now play football, um, because we've seen, you know, how, how big of a, how big of an impact those guys can have on the football field as big, yep. a fo- as big a high school football fans as we are, but getting to kind of see some of those guys that do both and, um, see if they show the same sort of leadership and athleticism on the football field. That's something I always look for, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause I mean, going through that 2023 and 22 list last year, there was a lot of football players. Yeah. Uh, a lot of quarterbacks. Um, so getting to watch some of those guys play this fall will be fun. Um, but you know, those are the main things uh, being part of the Texas scout association weekend um, in September will be fun. Um, got a good lineup of teams coming for that good players. Um, and yeah, just kind of getting to see these guys work on stuff, you know, I mean, it, it'll be interesting, you know, some of the stuff that we've seen these guys at is kind of high pressure, um, prospect type events. And, you know, a lot of people use the fall as time to develop and try new pitches, right. um, you know, work on something offensively, whether it's tweaking their swing or, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to, you know, add a pitch or something like that. So, you know, now that we have a history of watching some of these guys, um, that'll, that'll stick out to us some, and it'll be exciting to see and stuff to follow as we go to the fall and the spring um, leading up to next year's draft and then summer ball for the younger guys. So those are some of the things that we're looking for. Uh, And also I like to, I want to watch and see, how some of the uh, the 22 class that we know now and have ranked and done all that, see how some of those guys perform uh, this fall and some of those scrimmages that you talked about. Yeah, it'll be fun to follow the reporting and the stuff that kind of comes out from the fall and, you know, us talking to, to college coaches behind the scenes and just hearing you know, who's kind of turning some heads and um, and things like that in some of those fall events. But, yeah, not as, not as many football guys, I think, in the 2023 class. But there are some – I mean, Braden Buchanan is a big-time quarterback at Vandegrift. Uh, Noah Bentley, the quarterback at Salina. Um, I'm, I'm probably forgetting a bunch of guys. But, um, yeah, that 22 list was just loaded with a bunch of – bunch of standout football guys as well. But certainly something to be fun to follow. And, yeah, I totally forgot. It's a, We're like – now we're like invested in some of these those 22 guys you know like it's yeah. like all right i i like like i can't i can't wait to follow your career you know we we're rooting for you for sure um because we we thought you're a really really good high school player we think you're going to be a really really good college player um so it'll be fun to follow follow that as well we've kind of discussed this at length you know going through the the 2023 class and the 2024 class but um you know coming out of summer you know are there like one or two things that could be general things could be player things that, um, that you learned or a favorite moment? I mean, we covered so many events, um, you more so than me. Um, you know, my daughter kind of got in the way of <laughs> the summer schedule a little bit. Uh, but you know, was there a favorite event, favorite moment or, or what did you, what did you learn coming out of the summer um, about, you know, all the stuff that we saw? I mean, just thinking back to, 
you know, all the five tool events we covered, you know, from the Pudge to the Bregman to the Mattingly to the Muncie to the World Series to uh, going to area code to, I mean, just so, so many stuff that we saw this summer. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> a couple performances that stuck out. Um, number one, just from a game standpoint, that Dodgers and 12 game in the Mattingly mm-hmm. was ridiculous. Um, the 2025 stick scout teams performance in the pudge really stood out to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just the fact that they were able to roll through that and, and, and win it um, was super impressive to me. I, I love that team. That team is um, really, really ran well, coached well. Um, the kids seem to be tough. They've got a good mix of everything. Um, you know, they got some athletes, they've got some polished guys, they've got strike throwers, they've got competitors, they have big time prospects. And, um, they were, they were one of the most impressive teams I saw all summer. Um, really enjoy watching them play. Um, area code, um, was a, a, a really fun event, uh, to go to. Um, I think one thing that I learned there for sure is to put sunscreen on my hands um, <laughs> and dre- be a little bit more prepared on the dressing side. Uh, now knowing that there's no breeze in that stadium and the sun is hot mm-hmm. out there. Um, so that, um, and then, you know, the, the sunscreen on the tops of your hands is something that, you know, for those of you who are watching versus listening, um, I'm still dealing with the watch and long sleeve shirt tan uh, that I acquired this summer that I'm not sure is going to go away. Um, but so some of those are some of the things that stuck out, but on, on the baseball front, um, you know, we harp on it all the time, but guys that play hard stick out to us. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, we know that in the dog days of the summer that your times down the line might be a little slower than at your fastest, but just the fact that you're getting down the line and playing hard really stands out. Um, you know, it seems to me a lot of times that teams that do things the right way, um, teams that dress appropriately, clean up the dugouts, those mm-hmm. are signs of guys that take this all seriously. Um, you know, a lot of times the teams that, in, you know, that we find the, the trash dugouts at the end of the games and at the end of the days, those are, you know, a lot of times teams that don't do as well, surprisingly enough, mm. you know, um, but just doing little things, right. It's simple. You know, the game is, is hard. Um, and there's going to be a lot of failure. That's very cliche, but the, the teams and the players that really take pride in doing the little things, right. Um, they tend to end up being the best ones for the most part. And it it doesn't, doesn't happen by accident. So, you know, that was reinforced a lot to me. I mean, it's all stuff we know, but just confirming it, um, you know, and and some things when we get onto recruiting um, that, that I think are worth mentioning, you know, there's a, there's a lot of coaches that spend a lot of time to get out and watch you play and to call you and to text you and, uh, just spend time evaluating you as a player and a person. And I always hope that guys handle those kind of things the right way on the back end, mm-hmm. because you can't go to every school that recruits you. 
Right. And I think it's important to spend the time um, to notify the teams uh, that did spend the time on you that you're not going to their school mm-hmm. um, to do it, you know, the right way. I mean, that means uh, calling them, thanking them, you know, and I know that sometimes it's hard to connect with those guys, but making the effort goes a long way. And, um, and I think that, you know, I mean, not that you want to have this in mind when you're committing to another school, but, you know, with the portal, it's not a wise thing to burn any bridges. Right. Right. And coaches are going to remember how you handle those kind of things. Um, and it just keeps other doors open options for you. And who knows the guy that you don't tell the correct way, he might end up being one of your assistant coaches down the road at the place That's you're true. going to. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. And the same goes for coaches, right? There's a way to handle it from their side of things too. Um, and, and, and the majority of the guys that we deal with understand that and they're used to this. They've been told no before, um, but sometimes providing a reason or, or uh, just giving them some insight as to why you chose the other school can help them. Um, and, and I know it makes them think, think a lot of you too in the process if they're the guys that do it the right way. Um, sometimes it's not the case and, you know, it's, that's unfortunate, but you know, if, if you're the kid or if you're the parent coaching your kid, I, I would highly encourage that. Um, just because baseball is a small world and that kind of stuff gets around, very small. Yeah. gets around very quite small. a bit. Um, and you know, I mean, I definitely, Hey, I understand that a lot of the guys that are committing are, are really young and you may just not know how to do it. And your parents may not either, but you know, if you have the opportunity to do it, um, try to do things in a, in a professional manner, in a courteous manner, just because those guys have, you know, they've spent time away from their family to, to talk to you or go see you play or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and, and baseball is a small world and that stuff, uh, can follow you around whether you do it the right way or the wrong way. Um, yeah. so just something, something that I always think about and want to encourage guys to do. Um, and, and sometimes it just doesn't work out that way and you can't connect, but, making the effort can go a long way. So mm-hmm. I think those are things that have been, you know, either learned or reinforced that I've seen over the course. of. Yeah. And along sure. those lines, you know, speaking about the coaches get out and evaluating things like that. One of the things I learned is like, I felt like there were a lot of commitments that happened pretty soon after coaches got out and saw kids. Um, you know, just thinking about the late July, uh, I think that was late July. It might've been August. Um, the five tool world series where that, that, um, the Arlington A's Braves team, a bunch of those dudes had just outstanding performances and who was there, you know, UTA was there. OU was there. Uh, several college programs were there and those guys, a few of those guys ended up committing to those respective programs. And I think that, you know, it, to me, you know, I kind of always wondered, because I wasn't as immersed into it um, being at all these events before I started a five tool and things like that. I always kind of wondered like how much stock do a lot of these college programs really put into their live evaluation look, because we know they're cramming so much in to the summer because they're not really able to get out in the fall. They're definitely not really able to get out in the spring. So a lot of their work is kind of done in the summer and, you know, how much stock do they put into that as opposed to calling around and, and, you know, figuring out who, who they should take and things like that. And 
Uh, the answer is that you can tell the programs that go put in the work yep. and, and can evaluate and really put a lot of stock into it. And you can tell the ones that just kind of operate a different way. And uh, I thought it was especially interesting that, you know, some of the coverage these kids received and, and, you know, because they went out and performed at a really high level and college coaches are out there seeing them as well. And then they can go online and see all the coverage. And yeah, that's, that's what I saw. Um, and a lot of those guys committed soon after that was, was something I learned. It's like, okay, like this, you know, it, you can tell it can happen fast. Yes. It can happen really, really fast. Um, you know, it's a really great opportunity to go out and perform and, and, uh, and try to earn a spot on, on a commitment list. But, uh, you know, the, the events were, were, you know, super fun. I mean, the Mattingly is always a blast, um, you know, getting out and, and seeing all those guys and, um, the pudge, I mean, you mentioned that, that stick scout team, um, and, you know, I really liked, you know, I know they didn't end up winning it, but that five-star performance team in the 2024 in the pudge, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, you know, great coaching staff, um, you know, just the way they went about it, um, the talent they had, the physicality, I mean, so many really fun players and guys to be excited about in the future. I, I've really, uh, really enjoyed watching those guys. And, um, the pudge was such a strong event. Um, you know, just, it just really felt like the physicality and the talent level of that group was, was extremely impressive. Um, a lot of those guys, you could have dropped them down into the Mattingly and they would have been fine. They would, they would have, they would have held their own. Uh, so had a lot of time, had a lot of fun watching, watching those guys, a couple of individual player performances for me, Bar- seeing Barrett Kent in area code. Yep. That was really special. And, you know, talking to him afterwards when we did an interview with him and he was out at, in North Carolina at PDP, flew into Dallas and pitched that night in the Mattingly. Like those are the types of things you have to kind of keep in mind sometimes. And not that he threw poorly at the Mattingly. He was just in that crazy game with 12 where that loaded 12 lineup. And I swear, Melissa started to play like Horace Field, you know, just the way the, way the ball was flying out of the out of the park. But um, you know, he gets some time to rest, goes out the area code and just, man, it's like, how far do we move him up the list? Um, you know, he was already really high up there, but one of my favorite performances of the summer for sure, uh, was, was seeing him and, um, how well he threw out there. And some of the other guys we mentioned, you know, Ethan Mendoza hitting his way into to being a major dude in that class and, and Jack Bell and, and some of those other guys as well. But, um, you know, also kind of learned about this 23 group. A lot of these, you know, a lot of guys made a big name for themselves this summer. And, and who knows, like the bummer about the high school season is that we can only see and hear so much because we just, we can't be everywhere at once. Yeah. Um, but I feel like there are a lot of guys that really emerged um, this summer. You know, I mentioned Gavin Jones, but like, you know, like a Jackson Brousseau, um, you know, from North Lamar, who's, who's now a Texas A&M commitment. Uh, I mentioned Easton Toomey's, who's now a uh, who's now a Texas commitment. Um, you know, just it seemed like there were a few arms. I mentioned uh, Sepulveda early on, who's now a Baylor commitment. Uh, there are a few arms that really kind of shot up um, this summer and and really made a name for themselves. And um, so that that was fun to watch as well. And I think we, you know, it, it's it's sometimes it's easier to get excited about the future, you know, and I think we learned the 2025 class is going to be absolutely special. Yeah. Uh, just just with some of those guys at the top that we've already seen and, and um, 
just how impressive some of those guys are physically and, and just, but also like skill and intangible wise too, and, and mental side as well. I mean, just, you know, thinking back to the summer for some of those guys like Marcos Paz and Casey Cunningham and, and Luke Billings and Taylor Tracy went out and was like a major dude in San Diego at area code. And I had known about him. I just had never seen a pitch at dripping Springs. Cause you know, they had Brandon Arvidsson and Nico Reedus and, and two really, really good senior arms. So I think we learned that it's it's uh, um, try not to look ahead too much because we got plenty on our plate with these other two classes. But I think we learned that 2025 group has got a chance to be really special as well. But you know, also just going back to some of the things you talk about, just reinforcing that like coaches and, and everybody notice the way you go about it with your effort, the way you go about it with the way you carry yourselves. Um, you know, I can think of as strong as some of the top positive performances were i'm sure we can think in our head of a couple of negative ones that were like you know kind of put a line you know beside a guy like yeah don't don't know about that after seeing you know that sort of that sort of effort and and things in the summer and like you said the important thing about those those things that stick out in a negative way are very rarely performance related it's not striking out right it's not striking out it's not you know making an error it's attitude it's the way you carry yourself it's umpire uh etiquette i mean it's you know it's it's all that kind of stuff and and a note to some of the parents on that like i can't tell you how many different college coaches i had mentioned to me the parent behavior right it's yeah you know they'll notice it in a negative light and that can affect your child if they can figure out who you are and a lot of times it's not too hard um but it's just something that that stands out. I mean, you know, if you're if you're one of those parents that you know that all the scouts or all the or all the coaches are like, oh, that's so and so's parent. That's probably not a good thing. No, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it's just something to keep in mind. I mean, you know, the 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 behavior that we've seen at some of the events um, was pretty head scratching for me. Um, and 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 this is a you know, the, the extreme ones are, are few and far between, but, you know, if you're sitting out there for the course of the, for the court, through the course of the day, and, you know, there's not that many people there. So people hear the comments, mm-hmm. see the interactions. Um, and oftentimes it, you can see where it comes from, from how some of the kids react. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's just, it, it, it's something to keep in mind because, Coaches notice it, scouts notice it, and, you know, I mean, you should always treat people with respect regardless of the situation, but knowing that this can affect your child's future um, is something that I think a lot of people would be better served uh, to understand. Yeah, um, so, yeah, yeah. Co- you know, like colleges don't just recruit players, they recruit families. Um, right. You know, that's that's definitely definitely a part of the process for sure. And, and speaking of, you know, recruiting – I just kind of wanted to go through a couple of just very general, I guess, bullet point type things for, for timeline st- type stuff, because I know that's on the front of a lot of parents and players' minds right now is they're, if they're uncommitted, they're kind of looking around and seeing these commitments and things like that. So I think with the, the 2023 class, it's you still got time, but it's also kind of go time from the standpoint of being proactive and really trying to take ownership of your own recruitment, whether that's 
uh, reaching out to new programs, trying to promote yourself, whether that's communicating with those programs that have reached out to you, whether that's talking to your high school coach, or your select coach about um, what's kind of next, um, you know, because a lot of those high major D1 programs are kind of finalizing their 2023 classes and, and, you know, get out and seeing some of their commitments and figuring out what they need. And, and then, as you always say, there's always money available. You know, they're, they're never, they're never as full as they say they are. Uh, right. But, but, but for those high, high major D ones, things are kind of wrapping up on the 23 side. I think a lot of those mid major D one programs um, are still kind of looking to add and, and finalize their, their class. And, you know, we'll, we'll see it with some of those commitments we talk about. I think the JUCO programs are really starting to get after it with the 23s. They're really starting to see them formulate their classes. So I say that if you're on that JUCO level, I still say there's a lot of time. Um, and those guys always, this I think the smart ones always keep a couple of spots available for the late blooming senior pop-up guys, for the yeah. kickback guys that some program oversigned and they've cut some guys loose. And so they're always kind of keeping and they have more spots to work with, which helps. Um, so if you're a Juco level prospect, um, there's still obviously a ton of time, you know, to, to play your way and, and and get on that radar. Maybe you're already on that radar and it's just a matter of of, of kind of getting onto a commitment list there. But uh, with the 2024s, I think you're starting to see a lot of the high major D1s really start to shift their focus to those guys. Mm -hmm. um, and start to really kind of hone in on, okay, let's, what is our class going to look like here? Um, how many commits do we have? Who are we targeting? That sort of thing. I'd say the mid majors, you're even starting to see it a little bit too. Um, our guy, Josh Blakely at Texas State's been on fire with, with some of those 2024 guys. And you're starting to see some of those 2024s and at the mid major um, D1 level, they're, they're starting to kind of shift some of their focus to those guys, not as much as the high major D1s, but the, it is happening some uh, and the Juco programs aren't even thinking about those guys. You know, they might watch a guy and file a name away. And say, yeah, I really like that guy, but they're not, they're going one class at a time type of thing. So uh, it's 2024 prospects. There's still a ton of time in the 2025s. It's there's so much time and you'll see the top 1% of the talent level get snatched up by, you know, some of those high major big name D1 programs, I'd say at the mid-major level, they're not even really thinking about those guys much. Uh, the JUCO programs definitely aren't. But this is a, a good time. And, you know, from a camp, I, I think camps are probably the best. You can speak to this more than I can. I think they're the most beneficial. Like, I think you put yourself on the map and you can, as we talked about, you can get recruited and committed right away in the summer. Like, mm -hmm. hey, see this guy in person, love this guy, hop online, see some film. Let's go. Let's get him. That happened a ton at our events. But if you're still uncommitted, I think the next kind of transition is, is, is that college camp setting, which to me, you know, you're going to get evaluated. You know, there's at least a level of interest and that to me in the fall, especially with those younger classes is a great opportunity to kind of get on the radar uh, and see where you fit in kind of the hierarchy of the college programs. Yeah, um, you know, touching on a little bit of the timeline, you know, the the evaluation period this fall runs from September 9th through October 9th. Um, mm -hmm. So those are the um, those are the people or those are the windows that the college coaches can be out. So don't expect to see the D ones at least out outside of that window. Um, and if you do, 
then you know they're they're up to something. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other thing on kind of overarching theme is just do your homework on the programs that you're interested in. Um, know the numbers of guys that they sign. Um, try to get a feel for, you know, these classes. Some people do it differently. Some people want to take X amount of this per year. Um, some people it goes in, you know, they, they look at them from back to in a back to back class format, like, Hey, in these two classes, this is what we need. So you're not always, you know, some of those people stagger what they're looking for at different positions. Um, everyone's going to need pitching every year. That'll never change. Um, but just have an idea of, you know, who they're recruiting or where they typically recruit from, or do they over recruit with numbers? Um, and, you know, I'm, I know a lot of people go into this thinking, uh, you know, that'll never happen to my kid, um, but it does. And a lot of times these situations just come down to a numbers game. Doesn't have anything to do with how well you perform because every year we see it. There's guys that have never done anything wrong, have been committed for years, uh, showed out on the field, and then it comes June or July and they just get cut loose. Um, there are some programs that are more notorious um, for that than others. Uh, but, you know, very few programs are completely immune to it ever happening. Um, you know, as responsible as a lot of programs are, sometimes they're just things out of your control, whether it be a log jam because of COVID or some guys coming back or, you know, the, the changing in the school's tuition money that affects a scholarship percentage and a school has to cut some guys because their percentages went up. Um, there's just a lot of factors that go into it. But just have an idea of, you know, what you're getting yourself into with different schools and the places that especially that you're really interested in. Um, and, you know, you're going to have to compete everywhere. So, it, you know, don't take it as the wrong way. If you need to look and see who's in front of you because you're scared, that's not always the case. Um, but oftentimes, you know, only one person can catch at a time. Only, you know, at certain positions, there's not as much turnover or as many bodies on a roster as there are at others. Um, so just just do your homework. Know, know what a coaching staff is known for, um, you know, and and you may be totally fine with that. And if you are, so be it. But, you know, at least go into it having an idea of what you're getting yourself into. I think that's really important. And, I, and that's kind of the fear a lot of times when these things happen so fast. Um, you know, and oftentimes if, if a school is giving you a deadline, why are they giving you a deadline? Yeah. You know, and, and that there's different reasons for that. Um, some of it is they want you to make a decision and put pressure on you because, you know, you may not have those options and they think you will if you wait. Um, some of them just don't want you to go to a, see a specific school on a visit or to their camp because they know what's likely to happen if you do. So if a school is putting a deadline on you, I would try to figure out why, um, you know, some places do it, some don't, um, and some situations call for it and some don't. So, uh, but if you're a young, if you're young and people are putting a deadline on you, I, I would want to know why. Um, and then we'll get into some of this, go more in depth on the recruiting process and, you know, do another recruiting series like we did last year. Um, you know, and those are some good archived, uh, episodes to go back and listen to yeah. before you start going to some of those visits, we should probably start kind of pushing those out just for people to see, but, um, but we'll do some more of that um, with some new coaches over the next couple of weeks. And we'll look forward to getting some more guests throughout the fall. Um, but yeah, that's, 
yeah that's what i got yeah great advice and in you know i i think the one thing i try to hammer home with anybody that ever asks like be proactive take ownership of your recruitment they're as much as these coaches are out as much as they're talking to other people as much as they're on the internet there are still times every single year where a guy that a coach didn't even know existed ends up committing to their program. Yep. Like it's just take, take ownership of your recruitment, be proactive. I mean, you just, you just don't know. I mean, it doesn't hurt to send, you know, a very personalized message or email with your GPA, your class rank, your test scores. If you have them, here's my high school coach and his phone number and email. Here's my select coach, his phone number and email. Here's some stats. Here's some video. Like just make it really, really easy for them to be interested in you and to be able to then try to recruit you. Oh, okay. I might want to know more about this guy. Oh, he's listed his coach's number right here for me. Great. Oh, okay. Well, he just gave me his name and a highlight deal. Who, where high school does he go to? What's his high school coach's number? What's, you know, who's he play for in the summer? Like, make it as easy as possible for these, these coaches um, to recruit you, Um, you know, and just, you know, it it doesn't hurt to just take ownership and be proactive. And if if you're frustrated and you're looking around, I guarantee you that's a much better use of your time and your resources than feeling sorry for yourselves because some really talented player that's your age ending up committing to a really, really good program. But uh, well, speaking of committing before we wrap up here, let's, let's get into a, uh, we got a long, long list of, of commits as is kind of in the case each week we build up quite the list of, of guys committing. So um, who do you got for us on, on the, on the commitment list as we wrap up this bad boy? Yeah, I'll go a couple at a time and then we'll talk about some of the ones that we uh, know a little bit more in depth. Uh, catcher Hopkins, big one, 2026 USA prime. And I know he's played for 12 at some point too, uh, from Tomball committed to A&M uh, Kyle Lockhart, 2024 from Friendswood place for the Arkansas prospects. Uh, committed to OU. Ben Matthews, 2023 from Parrish, plays for the Tigers Arias team. Uh, committed to Grayson. Alan Chu, 2023 from IMG, plays for the Brave Scout team, recently committed to Georgia. Isn't he the son of Shinsu Chu? I don't know that. I think he is. Really? And if I remember correctly, he used to go to South Lake Carroll, I think. And I want to say... I want to say at one point he might have had to have Tommy John or had an elbow injury or something like that. So um, I think then he transferred to IMG and uh, he's a guy that I, I had a couple of college coaches text me about him. He's like, Hey, have you seen this guy recently? And I was like, no, I think he, he transferred and he, you know, kind of plays outside of Texas a lot. Um, but I want to say that he might be the son of Shin Su Chu, um, which if so, like, I mean, Guy was an awesome big league hitter. Uh, just an awesome hitter, period. Uh, for for a long, long time. But uh, yeah, Georgia. Um, that's that's certainly a big one for sure. Yeah. Um, following it up, we got Lawson Moreno, twenty three from Seven Lakes Bandito Scout Team, going to SFA. Um, Caden Orr, two thousand twenty three, right handed pitcher, first baseman from South Lake. Uh, Sticks guy going to Weatherford. Big game. Yeah, that's Kenzie and those guys. That's that's like I remember people were like, oh my gosh, this Southlake's got a guy that barely pitched for him that's that's throwing like 92 miles an hour. And he had a great he had a great performance on one of our summer events. And then he backed it up at a showcase and threw the ball really, really well. 
Um, and then he commits to Weatherford. That to me is like a great commit and a great fit, like on both ends, yeah. because that's the kind of guy I think that's really got an opportunity to take off. Um, and he's obviously going to get the get the innings. Um, well, at, and, and at he's Weatherford. and Caden's a really good student too. So you know, when when we were growing up, the kind of knock on junior colleges was that you know academically, you know, you'd be hurting yourself by going there. Um, I don't think that's the case anymore. Um, I, you know, I think it's an opportunity to get some of the core courses out of the way and all that. But, um, you know, I, we're seeing it more and more. Some highly academic kids are starting to go to some of these junior colleges. Um, and, you know, it, it doesn't, you know, hopefully that negative stigma on the academic piece uh, has, begin, has begun to kind of dwindle away. Yeah. Uh, but because I know Caden is a, is a good student for sure. And I know some of these other guys – that we'll mention that are or have committed to junior colleges are as well. So uh, just thought I'd throw that in there. Uh, but moving on, uh, Brooks Dwinnell, um, 2023 from Alito, plays for the Tigers, going to Grayson. Another Tiger going to Grayson with that Hernandez connection. Uh, but recently, his brother committed to Blinn. So, okay. Um, yeah. So he we had him on a couple of weeks ago, um, and then another one, Hank Howard. 2003 from Vista Ridge, uh, plays with the action uh, down in Austin, committed to UTSA. So a big, big, big get for the Roadrunners, a guy that we've both seen and liked quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, it's he's a he's definitely weakened rotation guy um, in the future at, at UTSA. I think. I mean, just big physical, competitive variety, strong stuff, breaking ball flashes, throws a lot of strikes. Um, the coaching staff at Vista Ridge loves loves him. Uh, just a kind of a tone setter guy in the way he carries himself. And uh, UTSA man, they they do a great job. And now they've got um, two of two favorites. You know, getting Lucas Moore earlier in the summer, and then now getting Hank Howard. I, I really like what they're doing on the pitching side there. Yeah, for sure. They, they they've done a really good job. Uh, moving on, Blaine Lucas, two thousand twenty four from New Caney. Uh, plays for Marucci Elite. Done. Uh, going to Louisiana. I I want to say Louisiana Lafayette, but it's just Louisiana. Just Louisiana. So, They'll let you know about it too. Yeah. Well, you know, I thought it was interesting. New Caney guy playing for Dunn. Um, you know where he came from. So that right. Yeah. Cool. Forgot about that. Uh, Braylon Watson, a 2023 from Memorial Kane Southwest, going to yeah, Valley super, State. Super athletic kid. Um, you know, plus run, plus athlete. Uh, he's got some interesting tools. He can play. He can play the game, thinks the game. I I, I really like that get for for Mississippi Valley State. I think that he's going to have a chance to go there and and probably make an impact the moment he gets on campus. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Chase Womack, kind of a glue guy for that Lone Star and Tigers team. Uh, 2023 going to Baylor. A good get for them. Uh, Landon Bowden, 2023 left-handed pitcher from Hallsville. Uh, five uh, five star performance guy going to Houston, a guy that we really like. Yes, uh, left handed pitcher, super competitive, really gets after it on the mound. Really big pickup, uh, uh, one of several really big pickups recently for for U of H. The Cougs are hot, man. I, I've I've really really liked the job they've done on the high school side. You know, I think in the past. Not that there's a problem with recruiting JUCOs, but I think they a lot of the times their commitment lists often were too JUCO heavy, 
And I think that they were kind of missing out on some of the talent that Houston produces year in, year out. Um, you know, even going out to East Texas now, getting getting landing. But really, really like the job that that recruiting staff is doing right now. Um, they've got a very, very strong commitment list. And I know they're not done. I know they I think they got a couple other ones that are on the on the horizon as well. Yeah. Um, going back to our, our guy, Alan Chu, he so he is he appears to be one of Shin Su's children. Uh, fun fact that says while playing as a minor leaguer in the U.S. and making just $350 a week, Chu would skip meals to save money to buy diapers for Alan. So, oh, wow. Assuming it's the same Alan Chu. Uh, but that paid off. Uh, and yeah, yes, it that's did. Alan for go, for committing to Georgia. Uh, moving on, another uh, big league tie, uh, Josiah Kemp, uh, related to Matt Kemp, 2026 from Westmore High School in Oklahoma, plays for the B45 organization. Uh, big OU commit. We saw got to see him this summer. Um, love the way he plays. He is a freak athlete, and he can go get it, and he knows how to hit. So, um, Those are the types for- of guys, if you're a 26, that commit right now. Yes. It's yeah, just no- like it's it's so obvious that there's just a totally unique talent level that – that that's that's why guys that young are committing no doubt no doubt uh evan rollison 2023 from flower mound sticks guy going to ranger hunter watson another big time 2026 from oklahoma on that b45 program out of tuttle high school another ou commit um riley chapman 2024 from lake howell florida that actually plays for the dirt bags here in the in the metroplex uh going to utsa so, yeah, he was another a, another big time out of state get for the Roadrunners. Right, um, right. He was a guy that uh, was on our list, I believe, academic wise. That we were, yeah, hoping, oh yeah, we, we invited him. Yeah, yeah. And he, you could tell he kind of like he was a little hesitant to say why he couldn't go, but then he finally came out and said it. And um, congrats to him, a great pickup for the Roadrunners. Yeah. Another guy that we saw, uh, out of state guy that we saw this summer. Um, Gavin Taylor uh, from Birmingham High School in California played for uh-huh. the Las Vegas recruits at the time was a Nevada commit, uh, but with the coaching change has now changed and is going to BYU, but really like the way he uh, can catch and throw can yep. really hit um, put, you know, went to a bunch of different big events this summer and really performed well. I thought um, JT Davis, 2024 from Owasso high school in Oklahoma Um Surprise OU commit. Um, they are capitalizing Skip and Skip and Reggie Willits and Clay Overcash are really, really capitalizing on their recent success. They've had a, a run. And, and going back to your point about the camps, these a lot of these guys that we've listed off were at their camps over the yeah. last couple of weeks. Um, and then, you know, like we said, it can happen really fast. Um, and I, and- I really appreciate it, a coaching staff. And I know this is how those guys operate there, that they really trust their evaluations. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like some coaches kind of miss out on guys because they're waiting for a confirmation bias that what they saw, oh, somebody else likes them too. Those guys, they, they see guys they like, they do their homework, they make a move. And I, yeah. I, I really appreciate that. And I think it's, it really helps them in the long run. No doubt. Um, another OU commit, Miles Mace, a big one, a 2025 from Jesuit here in Dallas, plays for USA Prime, uh, committed to the Sooners last week. And then my little hometown guy, Pearson Reebok, 
2024 from Rockwall plays for the Patriots uh, with that say with that Wyatt Sanford um, and committed to OU officially yesterday, joining his older brother uh, who is uh, at Paris Junior College Barrett uh, that recently committed to OU as well. But huge pickup for uh, for Skip and the guys. I think Pearson's going to be a monster. Um, he is. He's already strong, uh, but hasn't filled into his body. Um, you know, I think his brother really ha- grew late and got some strength late. And uh, Pearson can really hit, man. I mean, you've seen him. Uh, yeah. We saw him this summer. Um, and he reminds me a little bit of Eric Weiss in the okay. box. Um, same type of frame. But I think Pearson's going to get a lot bigger. Um, I think, you know, I think he's going to play some center field this year for Rockwall potentially. But a versatile player that can really hit, can run um advanced feel for hitting at the plate in my opinion I yeah. know, I've, I've had the luxury of getting to talk to him about you know his hitting and what he does at the plate and he has a really good idea and he can really articulate um what he's looking for in the box and what he tries to do but uh congrats to him you know I just I've gotten to watch him play a lot over the last year and really excited for him and excited for Skip because that's a big get for them yeah, yeah. Anytime you're hitting at the top of a lineup for a program like Rockwall and, and doing it at a high level uh, as a sophomore, I think speaks volumes about a your mental makeup and b your your skill and your ability. And that's that's what he was doing for those guys. And um, now the Rockwall infield is going to have a little Red River rivalry in there with Braden Randall and, and Pearson Reebok. Um, you know, sharing well, the and, with each other and and move in. Uh, we got Micah Kendrick moved from Jasper. Really, uh, T- TCU commit. So yeah, you're I did have, not know um, that. Yeah, that's a pretty pretty salty little lineup there that they're gonna Man. have. Um, they can they can figure out the pitching piece of it. They're gonna have a chance to go just as far or farther again. Um, so I you know excited to see how that that shakes out. They've got some options and uh, but yeah, no, there's and and uh, Coach Rose likes to mix up the lineups a lot. Um uh for Rockwall um you know he's got a lot of guys that can play a lot of positions and he's mm-hmm. not afraid to move them around in that preseason and figure out what it what what works and what doesn't but um yeah he's gonna have some options again so it's, it, got to see them at practice last week so that was fun yeah yeah fun opportunity to have there but uh well as we wrap this up let's get your let's get your game prediction this weekend for the Longhorns Where, what do you uh what do you got let's I'm gonna go what's what's the spread first off I think it's 35. 35? I want to say it might have been up to 38, I thought. Um, let me see here. Pull up the old Well, okay, before so... you before you before you say it, my okay. score prediction is 48 to 10. Okay. Wow. You'd have okay. The spread right now is 37 and a half. Okay. So... That was without yeah, okay. Well, I, I wanted to say that before you said it, so I didn't just look like I was so you said 48 to 10? Yeah. 48 to 10. Let me um yeah, file that one away. 48 to 10. We need to track like our own personal pick'em and see uh see yeah. who gets closer. Okay. Closer every week. Uh five five tool pick'em. Um or hey, as we like Rock, to say behind the scenes, the, we we're speculating. Speculating yeah, on games. The the uh the Yellow Jackets put it to Cedar Hill the other day in football. Uh, got off to a good start. Uh, Did they the, really? The, hey, quarterback goes down fifth play of the game, and they still go out and just roll offensively. Coach That's Brooks impressive. can coach some offense, man. They they they're fun to watch. 
but you know, they've got a receiver going to Clemson. They've got a receiver who has, uh, whose dad I played with, um, that, that shoot, that makes me feel old. Um, but he has several power five offers, including tech where his dad played. Um, but yeah, um, he's, he's going to have a, he's going to have a good year. Um, yeah, but they, my client Collins Tigers opened up 62 to 26 over Magnolia. I saw they were picked to finish like almost last in their district. And really? um, you remember Michael Goodson? Oh, yeah. His son is like going to be the star running back on their team this year. And he's he's really good. He's really good. I saw some of the highlights Mike posted on Instagram. Um uh, so that's a it makes me feel really old. Um, B, it's a signing guy to follow, but I'm gonna go. I think for Texas this week, they're gonna they're gonna take some shots. I think they're gonna create a lot of explosive plays. I think I'm gonna go 57 to 16. Okay, 57 to 16. Which man, 16 if you believe me, 10. you're gonna want to bet the over under because the over under is only 64 and a half. Um, but I, I, I think that the way Sark's been talking about this offense and and the ingredients they have and, and the way they like to do things, I just could see them really stretching the field constantly. Um, you know, and I think Quinn Ewers is a guy that's gonna want to take some shots, he doesn't strike me as a when in doubt, well, he's not a check it down guy. He's an air it out kind of guy. So, well, they're they're not gonna have they're not gonna have time to sit around and let things unfold because they're gonna have to be ready for that next week if they want to survive. Right, so right, yeah, they, yeah. They're, they're gonna yeah. they gotta let these young guys hit the ground running, and that's not going to uh, happen with the training wheels on. So no, no, and it's good. Like you always want to play a game before you play one of those games, which like I was got Florida State played Duquesne before they play LSU in New Orleans this coming week. Um, because starting the year with one of those types of matchups, I that's just that's tough. It's like a total make or break type, like like Georgia, Oregon out of this shoot, like man, that's tough. <laughs> like if you lose that game, you hey, kind of Bo Nix, congratulations. You got the starting quarterback job. Oh, never mind. You get to face Auburn. I mean, yeah. you get to face Georgia. Georgia, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That old friend no. that you just can't escape is back to torture you again. Yeah. Um, so, all right, well, that's our fearless picks for the Longhorns. Uh, we, we both got them winning a route and a route. Um, let's hope that it's not even a close contest. Um, I just hope I can watch it. You know, just uh, the idea of having like three hours uninterrupted is so foreign to me right now. So, um, <laughs> I gotta find a, well, I gotta find a way to watch it. Cause we, we cut the cord on cable last week. So I don't have LHN right now. So I'm Ooh, gonna... YouTube TV does not have LHN either. Um, yeah. So you think the ESPN Plus would simulcast it, right? I don't know. Uh, I don't know how I haven't had I haven't had this problem before, but I'll yeah. have to figure it out. So yeah. So sorry, I gotta go. I gotta leave. I gotta go yeah. find the find the game on the TV. But I'll be back uh, in four hours. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta go run in the store. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that wraps us up for today. Thanks for tuning in to episode 79 of the 5 Tool Podcast. Make sure you're following at 5 Tool Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you're following all the 5 Tool coverage, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Um, you know, I know Jeff is doing a heck of a job right now. And every time I log on Instagram or something like that, it's a really cool highlight clip and, and, um, and also doing a lot of good job of promoting some really, really good uncommitted players uh, that were staying up this summer. So make sure you're following all of that. But 
for Drew, I'm Dustin. Thanks for tuning in. Let's hope we're in a happy football mood next time, uh, next week when we talk to you. Until then, take care. Enjoy college football. It's back.